Welcome to the Net Group Investments podcast channel, a collection of conversations where we share a variety of views and insights that investors care about. From market updates and investment fundamentals to investor behavior and even the latest book recommendations, this is a space to stay informed and interested in your financial world. Welcome back to another Ned Group Investments Investment Insight podcast. Today is our third episode of the Top 10 in 10 podcast, which focuses on the important topics in the SA Equity Fund. Today I'm joined again by Janaid Bray. He's one of the PMs at Lorium. Before I start today, I just wanted to run through some numbers just to kind of set a context for our discussion. These are year-to-date performance numbers. You know, you know, when I saw them, I thought it might be interesting to those on the podcast. Local cash has given about 1.6%. Local bonds has delivered 1.2% this year. Global bonds, if you look globally, global bonds have, have actually detracted about minus 13.2%, while global equities have been down 15%, and those are all in RAND terms. Um, and when you compare those to the JSE Cap SWIX, which is the benchmark for the SA Equity Fund, that's delivered 3.1% positive return. So clearly, SA Equity has been the place to be this year. Its outperformance of global equity is almost 18% year to date. And that's a phenomenal outcome for investors. And really, to a large extent, this has been a basic resource story. And it has been a basic resources have been a big topic in the fund. So we're going to focus on two stocks today in the basic resource category, Glencore and Sassel. First off, Glencore. There's been a lot of legal headlines in the paper recently about Glencore relating to some of the bribery and corruption charges, which has led to about a $1.1 billion lawsuit and payment that the company has to make. And that's quite a hefty fine, Junaid, but yet you guys are still quite positive on the stock. Can you maybe just run through your investment case? Sure, Doug. Thanks for having me on the podcast today. Yeah, look, uh, Glencore is one that we steered clear of because of the ESG concerns in the past. So the bribery concerns and the investigations are not new. They've been in the public space for some time. In fact, it was part of the reason why the share underperformed for the past few years. At the full year results last year, for the first time, they actually penciled a number in where they actually raised a provision which gave you some sort of semblance of what that fine could be. And then also they've been tightening up their governance internally and compliance internally. So the issues that the fine relates to is events that took place in the past. And we actually think that where you are right now, yes, it's come to the public domain because of the fine, but it's actually a settlement and it actually where they are right now, they've actually improved and tightened things a lot more. And obviously there's a lot more scrutiny now than there has been in the past. So that being said, you know, that that's one thing. And then we've had a complete change in management as well, senior management, a lot more compliance. The compliance functionality has improved a lot in terms of the compliance department. So if we look at all of that, we think the, the governance has actually improved in Glencore compared to where they were. And that's when we bought in as well as our positive view on the energy markets towards the sort of the end of last year, where we felt that this was before the Russian-Ukraine war. We felt that because of underinvestment and the reopening trade, we felt that energy markets would be very tight. So Glencore's got a decent exposure to coal and we, we felt that, you know, that that was going to do quite well. Also, and then when the Russian-Ukraine event took place, that shook up energy markets and commodity markets even more because obviously a lot of the Russian supply was now taken out of the market or in the process of being sanctioned or taken out of the market. And then Glencore as a global commodity trader 
they you know they could w- take advantage of the dislocations in terms of being able to trade commodities and take them to locations where required so they actually we felt that they you know they should perform quite well in this environment so all of that you know has given us a positive view and and thesis on Glencore and that's one of our large holdings within the, our diversified mining space yeah you touched on gas and oil and coal prices and i just had a quick look and how the prices have evolved for those three energy commodities and it's quite interesting i mean they've all almost doubled in price um over the past year one of the stocks that you know coming into covid or coming straight out of covid that really struggled was sasol you know i don't know if you remember back in the day when the price of oil was under $25 a barrel but at that time there were serious concerns raised about the balance sheet of sasol in particular and they obviously had the hangover of um leg charles but all of that seems to be in the past and now with oil prices at 115 coal prices as i said along with gas or almost double the outlook for that company is certainly looking a lot rosier is that something you guys are seeing as attractive now sure so we've held on to sasol for some time took pain during the crisis and then we we topped up a little bit you know when it did fall as you mentioned i mean the, clearly the balance sheet and the risks when oil was down to the low numbers that we saw during the depths of the crisis when oil in fact even traded negative for a day or two i mean we saw bizarre things Sasol was on the brink of you know they were thinking of selling of assets in fact they did sell off a part of some of the assets there was the concerns about a rights issue a capital raise to support the business and with the prices turning around clearly sasol's in a very different space at the moment clearly the esg concerns are still there so sasol remains a large polluter and we are seeing you know that there are targets that need to be met and there's a cost involved in getting there there's carbon taxes etc but because of our view on tight energy markets towards the end of last year sasol came up with a trading update and there was a production miss relating to coal which impacted their production and the share took quite a bit of a hit we felt that was a good time we actually increased our position at that point on the view on again on a positive view on tight energy markets and where we are at the moment i mean the, the amount of cash flow that the company is producing they're paying down their debt quite quickly in fact i think there's an expectation of a dividend reinstatement they are junior in so they'll report their june numbers in the next few months and there is an expectation that they'll even pay a dividend at that point um if we just look at the free cash flow at the current levels if oil prices and spot prices prevail they're probably generating about a quarter of the market cap to a third of the market cap in free cash flow it gives you a sense of how much cash flow they're generating at the moment so it does look like a very good investment in in this environment we think that you know these markets will remain tight for a bit longer and that that would be supported by the refining margins because globally refining margins are actually very high because of the the impact of russia and um sasol benefits quite strongly from that so the typical refining margin is normally about $10 a barrel they're sitting at about 40 at the moment which is very beneficial for sasol shifting our focus to the local economy you have been turning a little bit more bullish on local banks and i do find this a bit surprising and it's something i would like to to delve into a bit more because i guess we are facing a backdrop of rising interest rates you've got rising cost of living which has been driven by inflation that all points to quite a difficult scenario or difficult environment for the consumer and i guess that feeds into your local businesses as well you know from that perspective i guess you know banks are exposed to mortgages they're exposed to personal credit and to commercial lending as well and with those pressures in the economy how are you still optimistic for the earnings outlook of banks in this potential environment 
That's a very good question, Doug. So I think coming back to your, your opening comments about market performance, if we look at the global macro themes that's really impacted markets, you know, since the beginning of this year, it's been rapidly rising inflation because of the global supply chain challenges exacerbated by the Russian-Ukraine war on the one hand, and then what that leads to is rapidly rising interest rates, which are rising quicker than we expected six months ago, probably. So if you look at that environment, in an inflationary environment, commodities do well, and that's why the resources stocks have done well. And then actually as a beneficiary of rising interest rates, banks are actually a beneficiary because there's the endowment effect. They'll actually earn more interest. Their interest margin should widen in this environment. If it rises too rapidly, the concern is that credit losses start to pick up because there is a squeeze on the consumer. You're paying more on your mortgage loans, on your car loans, and your interest payments pick up too quickly and you could have a credit loss squeeze. But I think in this environment, I think we need to step back. If we look at where interest rates are at the moment, we are coming from historically very lower levels. There was a conference last week where we met all four management teams of the big four banks. The The view across the banks were that they don't expect interest rates to rise any more than what they thought six months ago in terms of where it gets to, but they all felt that we're going to get there a bit quicker. And according to their models and what they're seeing at the moment, they're still very confident that the consumer is still okay. There was a huge amount of savings that the consumers had built up over during COVID. And they're not worried about credit losses at this point. And also during COVID, they were very conservative. So they took excessive provisions and they've still got lots of provisions tucked away. So from an earnings perspective, that should be okay. And then you are seeing, you know, loan growth. In fact, I think First Rand came out with a trading update last Friday. And are they normally the more conservative bank? And they were actually, they sounded fairly optimistic about loan growth. So you're getting loan growth, your credit losses shouldn't balloon. And the valuations look quite attractive. I think we've got quite a bit of exposure to ABSA, trading on a six and a half PE, 8% dividend yield, very attractive. And we think that, you know, there's enough provisions tucked away that shouldn't see a shock in earnings. It seems quite positive from a grassroots level. We're hoping, hopefully that's a sign of the economy maybe starting to turn a little bit, even despite the global headwinds. It sounds like the South African consumer is able to um, withstand a little bit of that shock. I mean, I guess that's obviously helped by the fact that commodity prices have risen as well and South Africa has been a, a beneficiary for that. That's all we have time for today's podcast. And we do hope that you've enjoyed the content. If you do have any suggestions on future topics that you do wish to cover, you can obviously post those on our LinkedIn page where a lot of this content is put out. But apart from that, thank you again from Junaid and myself. And we look forward to hosting you again next month. Goodbye. Thanks, Doug. Ned Group Collective Investments is an authorised Collective Investments Scheme Manager in terms of the Collective Investments Schemes Control Act. Ned Group Investments does not provide advice on financial products and will only give you factual information. For further details on our funds and to view our terms and conditions, please visit nedgroupinvestments.co.za. Ned Group Investments. See money differently.